I'm Renee Ritchie, and I'm a tech analyst. And I'm Georgia Dow, and I'm a psychotherapist. And welcome to Apple Talk, the podcast where technology meets psychology. And we talk about how Apple and all the related companies like Facebook and Amazon and Google and, sure, Microsoft, how all of them affect our culture and increasingly our lives. And today on the show, we're going to talk about why people get so angry when Apple makes expensive, expensive, expensive headphones and other things. Also, Google and the controversy over them firing, well, effectively firing someone who was into ethical AI uh, research, and then sort of apologizing after? Kind of. Kind of, a little bit. And then for our bonus topic on Nebula, I'm going to talk about the new, so many, so many Marvel and Star Wars shows. And you? And I'm going to talk about Fitness Plus, because oh, I'm excited. awesome. Awesome. We can do Fitness Plus while watching Star Wars. It's going to be amazing. Be Before we begin, though. For the last few many weeks, we've been asking people who are listening on Apple Podcasts to please leave a review and a rating. Yeah. And they did. They did. They did. So so I'm going to go One of you left a one star. I saw that. I don't know who it was. Oh, but no. Did some, they really? Some hateful person left a one star rating. Oh, you know, it's just no. jealousy. It was probably because of me. No, it's probably. <laughs> yeah, they're so jealous of you. Oh, that's it. Yes. That's right. So yeah. one person left a one. Did they say anything? No, it was just a, like a one star. Just a one star? Yeah. That's cruel. Yeah, they what I'm waiting for is every why they hate it. every once in a while there's like a, an error and it exposes the names of the people attached to the reviews and the ratings. And ah. if you just wait long enough, it inevitably happens, and you can see which one of the people which is, person is yeah. the one that did it. We're yeah. gonna find you. It's, it's I hilarious. See you. <laughs> I see you. The worst no, no, I'm, part. I'm just curious. I'm not like right. We're not spiteful. No, We're not at all. It doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. But but they disliked us enough. Yes. To not just like dislike us yes. at a one star level, but to actually let us know. Like, well, it's a well known YouTube phenomenon that immediately when your video goes live, there are a bunch of people that dislike it. But that means they have to be subscribed with the bell notifications on for every video to be told that the video has gone live. So they go to all that trouble. They subscribe to get the immediate alerts just so they can dislike the video. Oh, that's, that hurts. No, it's great because I'm living so rent-free inside their heads that they're willing to go to all that effort just to dislike the video. And I like it because it's at least it's something. Like, at least it's something. That's true. They at least, at least it's not nothing. Like you yes. feel something from yes. the podcast, which is better than just being invisible. Yes. So and even to that person with a one star. And I drink, I drink up their salty tears. <laughs> it's a, it's sustaining. They just they just thought it was No, but bad. I don't want to focus no, on the negative. I want to focus no, on the positive. No, I would like to know because then we can make it better. Yes. Um, you yes. know, unless it's just, you know, get rid of Georgia, then or I can't really make it better. Ca Canadians do not belong in tech. That's probably it. Uh -huh. Okay, I don't know how many of these am I going to do. Just pick, I don't know. Anyone. I'll start. I'll just I'll just I'm going to start. I'll do a couple then okay. I'll just, you know, we'll go on from there. Okay. So, this one is from Can I read the names? Uh, sure. I don't know if okay. I can pronounce them all, but we'll try. I'll, this one's from Barry. Okay. And this is favorite podcast couple. Oh. <laughs> Since Kevin Rose and Sarah. Oh, that's Aww. a really huge I used to work compliment. with Sarah. She's awesome. Oh, keep up the great work. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Sarah um, Lane. She was, uh, we used to work on Twitter. We used to work with, on Twitter together. I've never, I've never actually worked with Sarah. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. This one is from Mojo Zemith. Um, I hope I said that okay. Mojo is a myth. Uh, yeah, you did that better. Mitzelplik. Um, Cripple skim. Oh, no, I sent you back. Oh, no. To restart <laughs> this entire thing. Love the show. Uh, it's about time we're acknowledging the effect technology has on our psychology and vice versa. Thank you both for bringing us this topic in the daylight. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it's something that's coming into our brain, so obviously it's an effect on us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, this is from Al Nib. Thank you. I enjoy your podcast and your YouTube channel. Thank you Aww. so very much. Um, this is from Andrew and Andrew and Andre Merrick. Thank you. Andre, Andre Merrick. Merrick. Dre, what's up? <laughs> um, what more could a tech nerd ask for than Georgia Dow? Oh. Oh, volunteer listener. Thank you. He's not the one that gave the one star then. He could have for me. <laughs> Would be better as solo show. Right. Oh, so awkward. Okay. So this one's from volunteer listener. I already said that before, but anyways, uh, Edge of the Dark Ages. The assessment of these times by Renee was spot on. Very nice. It oh. compares well with something Mr. Dickens wrote. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. Also appreciated the part about the importance of critical thinking was emphasized. I'm glad I overcame some of my biases so I can listen to your discussions. Thank you very much So is for this that. podcast a far, far better place they have gone to than any they have ever known? 
Probably not, but no. um, maybe it was the best of cast. It was the worst of cast. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time, effort, and energy to make this podcast more. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm going to read one more. One more. Okay. This is from Big Mac 1010. Renee, you can trust with a whole bunch of like. Oh, it's like Renee, you can all caps trust. Hands in the air, hands in the air, heart. Oh, lift so it up, nice. lift it up. Renee is a good dude, oh. and his work is important. And I'm grateful for all this content. Thanks, bro. And we know that it's a Canadian or an American, not a South African, because it would have been brew, B-R-U instead of B-R-O. Hmm. Um, I'll read some others next time. Okay, awesome. So keep sending them in. Thank you. Keep sending. You too could have your review narrated by Georgia Dow. Yes, I know. Poorly narrated. No, Georgia it's Dow. well they narrated. all are looking for that. <laughs> so Georgia, people on the internet were angry. They were so angry. They were angrier than they were about any of the pandemic or politics or anything I've seen in a long time, so angry. Can I tell you why? Yeah, tell You already me why. know why, though, right? I, do- I, can, I can say it? <laughs> can I tell you why? Yeah, tell me again. Tell those that do not know. Why were they Apple angry? put out a $550 pair of headphones. They did. Yes. They did. They you, did. Do, you do not have to buy these headphones. You do not have to like these headphones. You can think that they are a good value for the money. You can think that they're a terrible value for the money. You can think that they're overpriced. You can think that Apple is charging based on technology and not on audio quality. Or you can think they're a complete ripoff. But people were people were mad like Apple done smacked their mama. I think that they were as mad as they were about the wheels. No, because the wheels, I think, were applied to a Mac Pro, which they were not going to buy to begin with. But I think that it did make people feel irate. I think this was like HomePod, like the original HomePod angry. Right. Because the HomePod is something they want. Like the Mac Pro is sort of like, oh, you you dumb content creators are buying that. I have much more value for my money. And here's your idiot wheels to go with your idiot Sunday. Um, but I think this like struck them because they want, like this is something people actually want. Fair. Can I, can I, are we going to talk about how they look like a bra? What? Oh, the case. Yeah, the case looks like a purse bra. So it looks like many things. I found this. Like, tell me this is a good Rorschach test for who you're talking to because th- some people believe that immediately that they look like a little purse. I think that was Joanna Stern's big thing. Some people thought they looked like a bra. They some people like thought they looked bra. like a bum. I thought they looked like chaps because they have little holes in the bottom. There's like little little cutouts at the bottom and I just it just screamed chaps at me. No matter what, it's a bad thing. Yes. Is, is what they look like. Yes. And, uh, like, I know they're upset about the price, but it's also like, you know, there's tons of memes of their, like, you So do you want to do the being... price first or do you want to do the, the case first? I'd rather do the case. Just okay. Just because it's, it was, it was, if you haven't seen it, there's tons of memes out there of it on the Venus de Milo and it, you know, being, you know, you know, covering someone's butt. Yes. And it's funny because usually Apple design is divisive. Like the, the your favorite, the battery, the battery uh, pack, it's just uh, got the hump on the back. But you can say, well, it's useful because it cuts away the excess material, so the battery, tra- the radio transparency is better, and it just basically molds over the the actual physical back. Like there's some, or like the stupid thing at the bottom of the mouse. You can say like, oh, they didn't want to redesign the mouse, so they just stuck the charger literally where the back. Like I can understand it's, it's how the mistake. Ha- no, no, but yes. I'm saying I can understand how the mistake happened okay with these i've not seen anyone like anyone able to describe it almost every reviewer like even the ones who are super positive on apple is just like what have you done yes and just the thought of carrying them around by the weak little headphone thing by the little headphone thing it it doesn't feel right right like like when people wear their their headphones and they're they're wearing them around their neck that feels right. This, yes. like, they didn't need to do this. They Carrying don't them around need... like Sarah Jessica Parker in Sex in the City, you mean? Yeah, but they don't. Why does it have to have this fold thing to protect? Like, it doesn't protect. That's the other thing is like, these are expensive headphones and they don't protect it. All the case does is put it into hibernation, into deep sleep. So it lasts for like a month without wasting battery because there's no other way to put them into sleep. So they made this whole elaborate magnetic thing that straps onto it like chaps, I'm going to keep saying it, um, uh, or like, I don't know, the White Queen's halter top in X-Men, something like that, just to put it into sleep. And it seems like that's not a useful function for an accessory of that magnitude. And it's just the thought of, of pulling them out, and, and no matter where you are, pulling them out and using them, um, I don't know, I would feel strange because it looks so purse-like. Everyone's going to assume it's a purse unless you're really techie. Even and then, then it's not. It's European. 
It's European. No, it just looks really And it doesn't really protect strange. them. It's like you I don't understand like in a normal year you'd be traveling with these and, and certainly when Apple designed them they didn't know about the pandemic. They would have assumed people were going to be traveling with these and this offers nothing in the way of travel protection. It doesn't protect any of the actual delicate parts of these of the headphones. Yeah. And Again, it's still very large and bulky. They're very yes. flat, but they don't they fold. They don't fold, no. And folding, you could then put them into your purse, do something with them. It's well, they gave like, you the purse. You don't need to put them in your purse. No, I still need a purse. I need a purse also to carry the Oh, there's the no purse. pocket, yeah. There's no... Uh, you need an outer you purse. You know, or I have to carry them around like a little purse, and then they're not... So I need another purse, and they're big. Yeah. So I need a large purse. Yeah. So I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know. I, don't know. I think that that's like was this Johnny Ive? Like he's on his way out the door and he's like, "I'm just going to leave this doodle behind and see what happens." I don't know who would say that that's okay. And then that's they're like, the "Oh, it's Johnny's last doodle. I guess we have to do it." But they're they look good. Besides that, yes, like when they look great. Out of the case, they're beautiful. Well, some people hate them. Some people think they look retro, but I like them because they look retro. They I, look I like old timey wimey radio. They they still are not. This it's not like an eyesore where you go, "What is yes. that?" But when I first saw it, I thought it was a joke. Like when I first saw them, I went, "Like, are, is someone saying that this is what they would have to make to carry them around?" Yes. And then I went, "Oh God, no! That's actually what they made." Yeah, it comes with Apple. It. The yeah, the well, like so the, you don't the, have to pay extra for it though. At no, least. the charging plug you have to pay extra for. No, but are no, you kidding? Is that no, a joke? Hold on, but are hold you on. Kidding me? I went and looked, and almost no headphones come with a charging plug. Headphones don't just don't come with a charging that plug. Doesn't, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not. It's not okay. If they didn't do it to us with the phone, yes, and the the uh, the phone makes safe, the phone makes us notice it on the headphones. Now I'm like, you know what? Would it have been worse if they came with the headphones and not the phone, though? No, at least I would feel like they're not like that the HomePod cheap. Mini like has this it. goes to the price discussion that we're going to have yes. because I think that this comes out to why people are so irate, and and we'll, so, but we'll kind of go into that. HomePod Mini has the plug, but not the iPhone. The iPad Air has the plug, but not the iPhone, and not the AirPod. So it's it, it's almost fascinating to me what they chose or didn't choose. It makes me angry. So angry about the price? I, I think it is expensive. I'm yes. not going to say that I, I don't think that it's expensive. I, I I can understand what Apple is trying to go through. So why don't you go through? Why don't we go into the price, Renee, and then we can go into it because I think we've... So I think there's two issues. One is that it's not obvious what these are competing against, the way it wasn't obvious what the HomePod was competing against because it's more expensive than a mainstream headphone, the same way the smart the uh, HomePod is more expensive than a mainstream speaker. It's not as expensive as high-end headphones, just like the HomePod wasn't as expensive as high-end speakers. Like you can literally spend all your money on headphones and speakers if you want. They yeah. will take it and they will come back and ask you for more money. Yes. Um, so, but these are more expensive than the $300 or the $250, $300, 350 Bose, Sonys, all of those, even $399 ones. They're not as expensive as like the $1,000 Sennheisers or Bang & Olufsen's. But those are usually used by audiophiles as reference headsets that are deliberately flat because you want to hear everything in the music. Like if you're editing, you want to hear everything in the music. You don't want to hear like a, an artistic version of it. But they are more expensive than the Sony's. Now, they are made of aluminum and steel. They're like high-quality materials. They do have two Apple-designed 10-core audio processors, in e one of them in each ear. They have a plethora of sensors, things like gyroscopes and accelerometers, and they have sensors that will tell when they're on your head, but not That's just on really and cool. off. But if you, if I lift it up to hear what you're saying, it'll stop and start. That's really cool. So they have two of those sensors in every ear, and they have nine microphones. They have a special microphone just to stop wind noise. That's that's that I have to say is pretty cool, though. I'm not going to be using them like when, like you know, when you're talking on the phone, yes. when you're outside doing a walk or a run, or you're at the park. That's when you would want that. But well, they're I not. They're not running weather resistant, you know. so you can't really do too much. Wait, what? Yeah, unlike the AirPods Pro, they're not. They don't have an IP rating. Really? Yeah, so they're not sweat or water resistant. Nothing. No. One drop. But they are magnetic. The you can pull off one cup, put on a different cup, and you can even mix and match the colors if you want to. I think that they should have just made it, you know, water resistant. I think a future one will. I think the, the design of these, like the mesh fabrics and stuff they use, is a little bit more challenging than the plastic that they've been using on the other stuff. Um, mm, yeah. So, Renee, do you think that they did this on purpose so that they would not compete with the Beats headphones? Until yeah, because they have their own, right? They have their gone. own competitors. Yes. <laughs> the Beat Studio are less yes. expensive and do almost all the 
So I, oh, the other thing I didn't mention is these are noise canceling. They're active noise canceling, which means they monitor and create anti-noise to just to destroy the you know the uh, ambient noise around you. But they also do a couple of things that the other, none of the other ones do. One is they have the spatial audio with head tracking, so that if you put them on and you use an iPhone or an iPad that also has the same sensors, as you move, you'll move through the 3D sound space. That's so it cool. sounds like Dolby Atmos, but it's dynamic. It's not static. It's like if you leave your iPad there and walk around, not, it'll change how you're hearing the sound. It, like you're literally in that 3D world, which is really cool. That's really cool. And the other thing is um, it has di uh, adaptive EQ. So for example, if I'm listening and I'm wearing glasses and there's a little gap and some of the low end is escaping, it'll, it has a microphone that detects what your ear is hearing mm -hmm. and then it will modify it to overcome those sorts of things. So you always get the absolute best sound for the geometry of your ear. And those are things, the other one. But it's unclear to me how much people care about those things. I don't things. even know if I would notice. Like, that's the thing is I don't know if I, as yeah. not being an audiophile, will notice that, those things. Um, so one of the things, like the psychology of, of what happens is that the reference price effect. Apple often comes out with, like, something that's very expensive. And so we see that thing as very expensive. And because it's very expensive, when they come out with something that's lower end, you know, say next year then we're like, ooh, this is a good buy because they have this expensive thing. There's also another piece to it, though. And, and that happens in restaurants. That mm -hmm. happens for house sales. That happens for cars. It's kind of they give you that shock value, you know, when you've whatever, um, you know, you, you tell your parents, you know, I crashed the car. So they're like, oh, my goodness, I'm going to kill you. And then you say, no, just joking, um, you know, but I did dent the wall. Yeah. And they're like, Okay, it's not so bad in comparison oh, oh, to the I stress okay. that I had in, you know, so we end up with a reference and then everything else is lower than that, which makes it better. Apple has a very interesting piece, though, because we also believe that things that are priced higher are worth more. They're mm -hmm. more valuable, even if nothing changes, even if there's two items, if you have the funds, if you are able to, you will see the more expensive item sometimes as worth more and oh, better quality. That? Yeah. I, I heard this interview with Peloton. It was probably early last year. And the people often say that Peloton is expensive or too expensive, but they actually said they came out and I forget what the price is now. So forgive me if I get this wrong. They came out at a thousand dollars and didn't sell very many. They doubled the price to $2,000 and they couldn't keep them in stock because even though people were angry, they cost that much. Suddenly it seemed like it was more like exclusive. Yes. And we do feel that way. So it can be that more expensive actually brings in more revenue and makes people look at it as this is a better quality than something else. Yeah. Now, the piece that Apple has to battle with is the fairness effect. And that is that if in comparison to other things, it seems like we're being gouged, that we're being nickel and dimed, yeah. that we're being squeezed for things. And so that happens a lot with gas prices because they fluctuate a lot. Mm -hmm. They go up and down and we're kind of forced into it. Um, that we end up feeling very sensitive and upset because we're being played for a fool. Yeah, And that's where it comes down to the, um, the wall plug. Yes. Is that now Apple's being cheap with us, right? Like you're only, how many of these babies do we get now? You get one on a phone now, not two anymore. Like, why? Why? I don't use them, but I still noticed. <laughs> you used to get use them and them. you don't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like one that last I'm, like it's a sticker. Like this is a penny, maybe less. Yet I only get one. Yeah. Why? You could say that you're trying to get rid of plastic, um, like they did with the the wall jack. Like at least this, if they had said, if they had gotten rid of the stickers, oh, people would be so angry. Wall jack. Like if they gave us just one and said this was for the environment, because there is a whole bunch of plastic. And let's be honest, like how many Apple stickers can you stick around everything? How many bumpers do you have on your cars? I don't. I don't <laughs> put anything on my. Car. No, you asked me. Oh, fair. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair. That's true. Um, I'm putting all of them on your car. Oh, really bad. <laughs> Trying to get it off. That would be horrible. Um, but for versus the wall wall plug, which we actually need. I don't yeah. have enough. I need them. Yeah. And so now we feel that, and already when Apple does something that's overpriced, but at least a beautiful value, you're like, well, at least it's a beautiful value. This is just Apple being cheap. And so now after that initial hit of Apple doing something that makes us feel like we're being squeezed for more money mm -hmm. on a product that is already very high end in cost, then we start going, 
what else are you trying to grab us for? We start to be, you know what? I don't like to be played for. Well, and it feeds that, like, there's always this thing, like this ongoing narrative about the Apple tax and about Apple, you know, charging too much. And it's, it's interesting because you hear a lot of this in the review community where, where, and it's not even Apple, like you'll hear this a lot about Android phones and things as well, where a reviewer will say, uh, it's too, like, they shouldn't be charging this much. They should be charging $200 less. And I know enough about the manufacturing process that I know it doesn't work that way. It's not like we made this, we can charge $200 less because then those companies would be losing money and you can't like lose it. Like there's no amount you can sell at scale that will make you stop losing money on a product. And I think the legitimate criticism is two things, either it's not worth it to me, I will not pay this much for it, which I think is fair, but also it's totally the wrong product. Like if you can't make this product or if you can only make this product at this price, it's not a good product to make. Like maybe you little like maybe you can't make it cheaper. Like I'm willing to extend to like some like OnePlus got a lot of pushback for making their phones more expensive, their higher end phones, um, because people people they made lower end phones. People said you should add these features. They added those features. The phones became more expensive. People are like your phones aren't cheap anymore, and so now they're making them cheap again. But they're removing the features that made them expensive. People are like, but you're losing the features now, and you, you you can't have both. So leaving that aside. One of the things that I noticed is that Apple gets the most of this grief when they only release the premium version. Like with the Apple Watch, they released the aluminum and the stainless steel. I'm not even going to talk about the gold for now. I'm not even going to talk about the gold. Oh, but the gold, Renee. That was can – we, can we talk about the gold? Because that, that also – that went to people being like, yes. what are you doing? Yes. A $10,000 watch yes. that's firmware is eventually going to die. Yes. And it's not pure gold. And it came out – and. In my thoughts, and I'm I'm not saying this, but I thought that Tim was not too thrilled about it either. <laughs> like it was like those stuff where you're like, even Tim was like, ah, here we go. He barely I'm mentioned it. <laughs> I'm leaving. You do this. Yeah. This was your thing for you. But that's that's another one of those pieces. But at least it's kind of gold. Yeah. No, but, but I think if there hadn't like every year now, there's no more gold watch, but there's still an aluminum watch and yeah. a steel or ceramic or something watch. And why do you think, Renee, they got rid of the gold? Well, no, so, but hold on. Um, because this is a psychology part that I'm thinking about. Okay, okay. If there was only the steel watch, people would be just as angry because it's a thousand dollar watch. But now they're like, I'm buying the three hundred one. If you idiots want to buy the thousand dollar one, that's fine. But and now you can do that with the home pod too. You can say, if you idiots want to buy the three hundred dollar one, that's fine. I'm buying the ninety nine dollar home pod mini. I'm so much smarter than you are happy. And, but with, with when they only had like when they only had that expensive HomePod, right. you couldn't do that. Yeah. And when they only have these expensive AirPods, like if they come out with an AirPod Max Sport that was plastic and three hundred dollars or something, then people would be like, "I'm getting it. It's the same headphones. You idiots are paying more for yeah. aluminum." That ends up with the reference price yeah. effect because you have another object that you can actually reference to the first one, whereas now we just have. Again, we end up with that fairness effect that's, that people are dealing with, and we also deal with that reference point that there is not another thing, which forces people that may want to buy something to feel like now we're being squeezed and this is the only option that we have, and it's quite a pricey option for what yeah. I'm getting. Yeah, like I want, I like Apple, I have affinity for Apple, I want this, but they charged it so high that I can't afford it, and that makes me angry because, like at least to me, it breaks that affordable luxury brand promise where it, it is a premium product, but it's always been affordable to me. And when it stops being affordable to me, it feels like you betrayed that promise. Right. And Apple's already on the not that affordable in comparison, but then they bring out some things where yeah. you're like, oh, this actually is affordable and it's an Apple product. So we get that eliteness that Apple gets, yeah. right? That quality of price um, effect. And then we end up with allowing other people to get it. And the same thing now with the phones. Yeah. But in this case, that's why people are upset. And the purse. Well, it reminds me too. It reminds me too of like when there was an iPhone 10, it was okay because people would just buy the iPhone 8 and some people would spend a thousand bucks for the iPhone 10. But when the 10s came out, it felt like the the regular iPhone was suddenly a thousand dollars. And if you couldn't afford it, you could get like a peasant iPhone 10R or something. But then when they when the iPhone 11 came out, they renamed the low end one to the 11, and the higher end thousand dollar one became the 11 Pro. And again, the perception is I'm getting the real 11. I'm not getting like some R variant. I'm getting the real 11. If you want to overpay for the Pro version, that's fine. And that's sort of like the release valve on that brand promise. Right. Um, and they're not doing this here, so they did sell out. Like I mean, they're three months uh, backordered now. And that could just be that they didn't make very many. Like, it's always hard to tell. I always have these two problems in the tech industry. If someone tells me Microsoft is selling twice as many surfaces as before, I'm always like, they sold five. 
Selling 10 is selling twice as many. If you sell a million, you got to sell another whole million to sell twice. So like the like numbers and stats are different things. And it's okay. Like I understand that, you know, it's just demand. Like if they, like it's not just about, you know, how much they made it for. But if they, they only made back. five of these, it's easy to sell out. If they made five million, it's yeah. harder. So I don't, I, I don't think we can draw anything based on popularity from them selling out at this point. No, I think that that's, again, it's, it's one of those pieces that are kind of a lie. Like yeah. you can end up with forced scarcity just to try to. Well, the rumor the is that they just, they couldn't start manufacturing it any earlier. So they probably just didn't have many made and they're still making them, but it's going to take a while to catch up. Right. Right. Fair. Um, and it, but it does seem like the market because people are having such a hard time with the market for this. The market, I think, is people who can afford it have really high brand affinity for Apple and want like they they, they want high end headphones, but they don't want because there's this whole weird thing too. Maybe we should it's worth diving into the whole audiophile thing is so weird because if I if you were like when Lori and I and Lori is like a legitimate rock star when we would do uh, reviews on like the AirPods or the Beats or something, someone would say, well, I'm going to wait for a real audiophile review. I'm like, this is odd because, you know, if, if Daniel Bader and I talk about 5G, no one's like, oh, I'm going to wait for a real uh, radio technician review. Or if Sebastian DeWitt or Austin Mann and I talk about the cameras, they're not, no one's like, oh, I'm going to wait for a real imaging scientist's review. It's like though, everyone sort of, fancies themselves but audio has this weird sort of niche uh culture where people fancy themselves as like a higher level ear but but no one does that with eyes or noses or anything like maybe they do in the restaurant world i don't know maybe they do they might but i think that we all also enjoy that eliteness of being you know better than in our field of what we care about things with right it's part of our ego and so Sometimes people take things very seriously. And because of that, they might be more picky, especially if they don't agree with what you're saying. If yes. you, they agree with what you're saying, now you are suddenly the person that they're going to go to and you're brilliant. You disagree and then pitchforks. Yeah. Well, actually, I got yelled at by an actual audiophile reviewer because I said, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this product, but I'm not an audiophile, so I can only tell you what I like. And they're like, yes, that's the point. Not most people aren't audiophiles. It doesn't doesn't matter what they say. Your job is to listen to it. Like you look at the photograph. Do you like it? Why do you like it? You listen to the music. Do you like it? Why do you like it? That's the job. Not like don't be timid about it. I think that's a very nice thing they said. Yeah. 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 So at the end of the day, there's five hundred fifty dollar headphones that are something completely new that are really interesting to me because it feels like computational photography. You know, like how they have those really terrible. They're not terrible, but like the the George and I are filming this on a Canon C500 Mark II cinema camera with a 24 to 70 Canon, you know, really good quality lens. It's a beautiful lens. Yeah. And it produces really, and we're recording it in 10-bit and XF, uh, AVC, I think that's the codec I'm using. I always get the letters wrong. But it's like, all of this is really high-end stuff. But what Apple and Google and other companies can get out of these tiny cell phone cameras is increasingly amazing because they're using not big sensor, not big um, glass. They're using big compute. And they're starting to do that with audio now too, where you used to have to get these high-end headphones and plug them into a high-end amp. And it would cost a lot of money and you'd be, t- you know, you'd be tethered down with them and you'd have to listen to really good audio sources, not vinyl. Vinyl is fine, but I'm talking about like if you're doing all this high-end stuff anyway, um, and now they're doing that with audio. So they're taking their Apple music is not great quality. Like it's, it's fun music, but it, the bit rate is not very high. It's using a lossy codec AAC and people, some people use title and all those things, but they're taking this okay audio and turning it into a really rich computational experience. And I think that is, and I'm sure Google's going to do the same thing. And then that just to me is like, we're making your phone better. We're making your phone music better now. So does that mean that you're going to purchase? I had to. Yeah, I bought right away. I regret I got blue, though, and I know I kind of regret it. Hmm. I got blue because it matches my iPad and my phone. But um, I think in hindsight, I would have gotten black. I saw Justine wearing the black ones. And they look really good. They look good. fantastic. Yeah. And also, you can get those different colored head, those different colored cups. Oh. And blue is not easy to... Like, if I got blue and white... You can't it would, match them very It would be well. the Quebec flag, which Whereas is fine. Whereas you could but, match them. Yeah. How really? much are the cups? Like they're cheap. They're like sixty bucks or so, or forty bucks for, for both. Like for for one color, and you have to buy. Yeah, hmm. but like if I'd gotten 
like you can get like pink and white and it would look like the Canadian flag or blue and white. It would look like the Quebec flag. But or if you, you have like have black. different colors so you know to stick which one on yeah. which ear. Like black and red would look like Marquez. I think, yeah. I think Justine is getting pink and silver. I forget. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. Hmm. So now I regret my blue purchase. Mm. 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 So do you have any advice for people, Georgia, who might be looking at products and just, just emotionally having a reaction to the price? Like I know some people, when they see a really good deal, it's like, yes, I got such a great deal. But when there isn't a deal or when something seems expensive and you know whether they, they should buy it or not, whether they want it versus need it, that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, I would always say like you want to see what's in just because it's out just because it's Apple, you shouldn't just purchase it. Is this really going to be something that's necessary? Is it something that's used for your work? Are you going to make use of that? I think that we often buy because of an emotional reason instead of because of need. And for something that's this expensive. Now, again, you can buy much more expensive headphones. But for something that might be outside of your price range, then you really want to think about is this going to make a difference for me? And if it is, then great, go ahead and buy it. And if it doesn't, you know that in a year or two, Apple's going to be coming out with something. It's going to be probably really good and you can wait it out and then see. Because we often buy because we want. And it leaves us with, a. at first you get this great effect and you feel great. But then if you're not going to use it, you look at it as all of this money that I've spent that I don't need to. And as to Apple you know, that reaction that we have to Apple selling something that we think is too expensive. Like it is like whatever they can, they will try to make as much profit that they can. And that is the way that it goes. If you don't like it, then don't purchase it. And that gives a signal to Apple. Yeah. And, you know, Apple will eventually probably release something that's cheaper and try to go down in price. But we, the best way that we can talk about it is with our pocketbook. Ranting about it and then buying it gives us really bad mixed message. So, you know, that's yeah. the way that you can really make a stand. And I think there's also a lot of pressure if you're involved in like the tech community on Twitter and things to get like them as fast as possible, post your pictures because then you have it before somebody else doesn't. And there's all sorts of self-identification and ego, you know, bonding that goes on with that sort of thing. And then it, it can get you to spend more than you would otherwise just because you want to be, it reminds me of a long time ago on one of those cable news shows, must've been 10 years ago, it was like this billionaire street somewhere in Silicon Valley. And one of the billionaires was getting his McLaren F1 uh, delivered. And it was like the, one of the first ones in America. And all the other billionaires were coming out to see it. And, you know, like he did it just so that all the other billionaires would have to come out and see that he got the supercar they didn't have yet. And like it just never ends. Yeah. There's, there's always going to be something else. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So from a fun but infuriating topic to just a simply infuriating topic, um, it is unclear to me exactly what happened. Like, there's been a lot of talk uh, about this, but I don't know that it's clear we know everything about it yet. Like, especially what was going on behind the scenes at Google. But I think it's fair to say that I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. I know it. It's Tim Timnit Gebru. Yeah, Gebru. That- okay, so she was hired on to Google to do research on the ethics of artificial intelligence and machine learning. And just as a background to this, there are a lot of issues surrounding this technology because for a long period of time, it was created by white males. And a lot of assumptions were made just based on that. So like facial recognition was trained primarily on white people, primarily on white males. So like when Google launched launched photos, they had a really hard time identifying the facial features of black people. And even more recently on Twitter, people have been posting like a black person and a white person and the Twitter algorithm will almost always only show the white person in the right. sample card. Right. And, they all, and they've tried everything, like different clothing, different everything. But there's just, there's a lot of issues about how machine learning has been created. Yeah. It was created with the point of view of the people creating it initially. And we also, uh, a couple of years ago, we saw John Gianandrea, who was head of search at Google, leave. He did a, a series of talks on the ethics of AI, and then he left Google, surprisingly, and went to Apple because he thought that that was the place where he could build artificial intelligence in a way that was in keeping with his ethics. And I thought at the time that was a condemnation for Google, but it, it didn't really make too many ripples. But now, and please correct me if I'm wrong, my understanding is that uh, Timnit Gebru, and I'm going to keep saying this name wrong, and I apologize. Was working on a paper that was ex- that was one of the papers about some of the biases in machine learning, and it sounds like 
not her direct manager, but like her manager's manager was upset about this and didn't want her name or Google's attached to the paper. And then she said, okay, if I have to leave over this, let's have a conversation and I'll give you my list of things of what I would need and what my team would need to make, you know, and then at that point I'll resign. And while the manager was away, this manager's manager just basically said, we accept your resignation and turned everything off. And to me, that's essentially a firing at that point. Yes. And she states that she was fired. They state that, no, she resigned and we accepted your resignation. Um, She said she was going to do that after this was done. And they said no right away. Um, And it seems like it was really a poor, like all the way around from Google's standing, it was very poorly handled because... You know, one is she's one of the top in her field. Yeah. She is, there's very few women, there's very few black women yeah. that are in this field. Um, and it also highlights the amount of control that when a company is funding research, how much control do they have over that research? And then it puts a negative light. So everyone else that was working on research for Google kind of gets shaded by this negative yeah. light of, how do we really trust what your review states yeah. and how much is that has been massaged to be more positive towards Google? And then from last week's video, if you saw it about apologies, yes. Sundar Pichai did release a acknowledgement. The CEO of Google. Yes. Yeah. An acknowledgement of this. I can't even. Would, would this you upset consider you. It? It's like it's those apologies we talked about where it's like. I'm not sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry that it upset you. Yes. It was pretty much, I, like, I'm sorry that yeah. this bothered you. Right? Yeah. And that, you know, and I wonder on his part, though, that it was more about a legal standing. He yes, didn't, I imagine. It, you know, specifically, I would assume that that is, I don't fully blame him for this. I think that he did as much as he could to try to stem the flames of people's anger Um, I don't know if he knew about this firing beforehand or didn't, um, because I would assume if any of the higher ups, they would have said, this is a horrible way to handle this. This is going to be a PR nightmare. Let's try sound effect. Let's not do this. Um, But the the thing, yeah, you raise a good point there, because like one of my favorite Devin Stone Legal Eagle videos is the one where he looks at um, the the, the reggae song. I'm blanking on the name of it. But the guy's like, you caught me in the shower. You caught me red. He's like, no, don't admit anything. Never admit anything. Uh, And uh, Sundar is not admitting anything here, but I, there's a couple things. Like one is, uh, if they had let this go, it would have been good PR for them because her yes. name and Google's name being attached to this would have shown that they understand the responsibility that comes with this field. And it would have went away. Yes. We would have seen, let's be honest, we wouldn't, we're talking about this only yeah. because she was fired or let go of before she wished to be, depending on, you know, who you're standing with. Um, and because of that, we're all reading about it. And because of that, we're looking at this. So it's gotten that Streisand effect that would have never yeah. happened had they just released it. And if they had released it, even if it is more negative towards what they've been doing, people would have said, you know what? They really care. Yes, it would have bought they credibility. They really care. They're trying to do yep. something different. Look at them, you know, really trying to own the the things that we already know about AI and its importance. And this is something that's going to be changing when there's cameras everywhere, which is almost already, this is going to be really important about, you know, how misleading is this information? How controlling is this information? So there's this other theory uh, that's going around lately, not just about Google, but about big tech, big tech companies in general, because they do seem to be doing things that that, that aren't in their best interest and that will get out. But the thought is, and this might be a conspiracy theory, I don't know if it is, that they're doing it deliberately to cause a chilling effect. Yeah, that they the know it's going to come out. Yeah, they, they, know it's, they know it's going to come out yeah. and they're going to look a little bit bad, but it's a warning to everybody else. So and the, she's just a person they chose to make an example of. Yeah. But now everybody knows that if you're at Google and you don't toe the line on faux ethics in AI, you're mm-hmm. next. Yeah. And that's worth it for them to even, to even to go through this. Yes. Be careful. And that's the thing with whistleblowers is that they get like there's supposed to be protections in place mm-hmm. to be able to keep people that are saying that you're doing something illegal or wrong safe. But it does not happen. And so because of that, you pay a huge price, right? She yeah. lost a job with a prominent company 
and has to deal with all of this horrible press. And let's just say it, the internet is, is really horrific right now if you do not, you know, if you're, again, really pro-Google, you know, some people would be very angry and send emails yeah. and texts and deal with that. And so this probably will have that effect on other people that are thinking that I'm, you know, how do I feel about this? The interesting piece is that in this case, like, I think it was a thousand, but I might be wrong. Researchers have signed yeah. a, a yeah. petition Which of standing. Isn't as many as I would have hoped, though, at the same time. Like, it's a I large know number. they were all at Google, though. No, they know. weren't. I think, okay. I think there was, like, a bunch of people at Google, too. But it seems like a small number for Google. And the thing that – it was a couple of things that worried me about this. Like, this was specifically done for ethics. And – Google to me is the most important. Com- it's more done to ethics. Yeah. yeah. Well, but Google to me is the most important company in the world because they're building the Star Trek computer. Yes. They, which is the future or that a lot Skynet. of us really want. Depending uh, on how you look at it. No, but I just mean in general, like they're putting together all these systems that there is a large probability that we'll be dependent on in the future, which means they have to be held to an incredibly high standard. Like I love Apple's phones. Uh, you know, I cringe at Facebook these days. Amazon is super convenient. But I think Google really, when we look at Star Trek, like the idealized future, Google is the one that is building technologies that are going to power it. Yeah. Apple will just make it look nice after. Yes. Um, and so to me, the, the standard is so high. But they keep being arrogant about the, 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 the what's the word, the price of their technology. It's like that old Jurassic Park thing. You're so busy trying to see what you can do. You never stop and think whether you should do it. And to me, it goes back to when they announced that Google voice system where it would call and make um, appointments for you. And they just announced it like any other product. They at no point announced it like at the beginning of a conversation because it's so important. Is it fair to just have a computer call up and talk to someone without telling them that it's a computer? But if you're, if you're, for example, mute and this is your voice, should you have to disclose that it's your voice? Like you don't have to tell people you're, you have a fake leg if you have a fake leg or a prosthetic or something. Like you're not supposed to disclose that. Like it raises all of these issues, self-driving cars and who's responsible for accidents. And all of these things are brand new ethics for us. And they approach it with such arrogance and lack of simple human compassion and consideration over and over and over again. Like everybody makes mistakes all the time, but at a certain point, it's a pattern of behavior. Yes. And that's, that's how we know it's no longer a mistake because it keeps on getting repeated. Um, and when Google came out and said, you know, well, you know, everyone's really worried about what happens with our review process. So we're going to illuminate a little bit of what happens underneath the curtain. And they didn't. Yes. But there was one statement that I went, okay, this is very telling of what happens. And they said, Google has a central dedicated team that reviews proposals for AI research and applications for alignment with our principles. And so I went, okay, not alignment with the truth, but alignment with Google's principles. So if it doesn't go to Google, and this is what Google released. Um, Wait, I will get the name. I should also point out that the person who used to be involved with all this said that all of the stuff that Google claimed she didn't follow was never followed. Everyone was always working past deadlines. Nobody ever had a chance to look at anything that was going up. Everything that they said was categorically, well, I can't say false, but categorically ignored in the process. So this was by no means any different than any of the other things that they had gone through. No. And yet this one. Yeah. This one they wanted to put a bullet in. Yeah. yeah. And they did. And now we're getting at least to talk about it. Yeah. So what do you think, Georgia? Because you've been involved. You've done a lot of research. You've done a lot of these things. How do you – it used to be the universities, you know, and and it used to be the – and now it's the businesses. And Google specifically said that they want to be um, larger than the the scientific journals. They want to overtake this field as well because once you own the message, you can control the message. And then you can make sure that it's aligned with your principles – um, so whenever I read research, so one of the, the categories that we go through in, in looking at research is who's funded it. You specifically look at if, you know, Coca-Cola, which this has actually happened, is funding the um, research on sugar and its effects on the body. Mm-hmm. And since they have a biased, you know, intent, they, you know, they want you to be able, they actually paid some of the people that did dealt with the food and drug uh, I don't know if it was the FDA or if it was the anyways it was it was somewhere in the food industry that was coming out with that you know what you should eat the daily yeah. restrict and they actually said well one one or two cokes a day or a week are okay 
where, you know, the research didn't actually say that. Yeah. And they kind of like squashed any of the research that did show that, you know, less sugar is better to a certain state. So you want to take a look at who's funding it because if you have a bias, then you're going to want to, and we, all of us do this. Yeah. We kind of turn a blind eye to the things we don't want to see, right? Like you, that closet that you didn't want to clean, you probably have closed it. You just don't want to see it. It yeah. disappears from view and that seems nicer and neater. So I'm not just saying that this is something that's bad you know, at Google, though, when they got rid of the don't be evil, yeah. that was a sign. Yes. That was a sign. Cause why would you get rid of that? Unless. Well, no, but it seems like, again, Google keeps doing like, they, right now they have problems with unions. They have problems with, I forget what it was, but it was over scrutinizing their employees. It was like some kind of weird, like surveillance system to see if their employees are being productive enough. But the um, same thing. Like when they, they're now releasing the find out when your pra- packages have arrived at your door. Well, it's just a bunch of things. No, it's a bunch of of quote unquote mistakes that when you look at them, it just because the whole vibe, the whole thing in the tech community was been this narrative. Like, yes, Facebook got caught doing all these evil things. Google does these evil things too, but Google's not as evil about it as Facebook is. Like Google, like Google enjoys a credibility and a positivity, like a vibe with with tech, not with like tech fans that Facebook doesn't. Like we'll dunk on Facebook all day, but Google's like, well, I, I feel like Google is valuable. You know, like I don't mind them snooping through my mail because I think they're valuable. I don't mind them hoovering up all my photos because they're giving me a service. Where Facebook was always just like, what are you really giving me in exchange for all this? Um, but increasingly, Google doesn't seem to take that, doesn't seem to respect that. And they seem to be doing things that are more and more overtly hostile. And I just, I keep wanting to like, because Larry and, and Sergey are, are probably long gone by now, but I just want to look at Sundar and say like, what kind of company do you want to, do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be? What kind of legacy do you want to live? Like, do you want to be the company that turns us into Star Trek or to your point, turns us into Skynet? Like these are these are human choices. You don't have to react this way to research. You don't have to um, like the whole thing with covering up for Andy Rubin and for a bunch of uh, like I don't want to get on a tangent, but there were some really gross things happening in Google, and they paid to cover it up. And like, what kind of company do you want to be? And I think they need to decide that. And if they don't, we need to decide how much we want to be involved with them. And then what do we do yeah. when companies grow this large? They have a ton of power, which then makes the onus on their responsibility even greater. And we've already shown that companies cannot police themselves. Yeah. So we end up in this really difficult place where I fully understand Sundar wanting to make the most money and do the coolest stuff. And it's easier to not ask those questions because that slows you down. Yeah. Well, that was a Zuckerberg thing, right? It's like, I'm going to go into this point where people are truly disgusted with me, pull back a tiny bit, wait for them to forget, and then run ahead again. Yes, um, and I which have, is what his apology seemed like. Yes. I'm just going to give this, I'm going to say we're going to look into it, and yes. hopefully you will all forget it. Yeah. And if you don't, then I'll send another apology. And I have this, <laughs> sorry, we're all apologies again. I have this theory that any company sufficiently large is indistinguishable from evil, just because as the amount of customers grow, the ability for you to be in alignment with all of them shrinks. Yeah. Like you'll, you'll never be able to do everything for every person. And the more people you add to that, the less your ability to do those things. And some of them will, by necessity, regard you as evil because you cancel the product they like or, you're align- like or you do something else they don't. There's just a higher likelihood. But like you should never lean into that. <laughs> that shouldn't be your guiding principle. Shouldn't be. But- yeah. So where do you see this going, George? Do you think we're going to forget about it when the next outrage happens? Unfortunately, usually we do, right? Um, these news cycles, there's so much happening. It's hard to really notice. Yeah. There's only one is it's a, a huge overhead on our, our mental load with all of the other things that are happening. This becomes very difficult and we get upset and then we forget about what happens. The company has acted better for a period of time. They give us things that we want And then we forgive them because us, just like the companies, it's in our best interest to be able to, so that I can check my Gmail and I can can upload YouTube videos. Yeah. (laughs) And we don't feel like horrible people. And where do I go if I don't use YouTube? Facebook? I mean, (laughs) there's antitrust going on against Google and against Facebook now. That's a new development, the Facebook part of it. Yeah. They want to break Facebook. They They want to take Instagram and WhatsApp out of Facebook. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
which I don't think is a is a practical remedy. I, would, I just don't know what will it change really. No, if they don't regulate nothing, you'll just have three mini Facebooks. It's like the, yes. it, it smacks me of like the AT and T. Like they broke up Bell, and that didn't create a bunch of competition. And now we have AT and T is just like put them all back together again. Yeah. And the same thing with the browser ballots in the EU. All it did is hand domination of web browsers to Chrome. It didn't change anything. Yeah. So I think they have to be really careful. But the the thing that struck me, and I know this is a tangent, so I apologize. The thing that struck me is that. Mark Zuckerberg did everything he could to appeal to the, I'm not even going to say it's political people because it's not politics at this point, it's conspiracy theorists. There are normal politicians on both sides, but there's a specific like crazy contingent of conspiracy theorists. He did everything he could to pander to them. Like, and they still, they still put him through this. Like they're still going to break up his company. So Mark, you got nothing out of this. You betrayed democracy, user trust, uh, decency, and you're still under... <laughs> under antitrust investigation now. I, I think his billions of dollars are going to make him feel okay, though. Maybe. I think he's I think he wants. Not, bill, I think he wants billions more, though. I don't think he's in that much distress. No, we'll see. I don't think his face would even show it. Uh, you'll see. I mean, we'll see. But uh, I think it's sort of like, I think he is the type, even in his robotic shell, that understands the tarnishing of a legacy. Mm. We'll see. Mm. All right. So we still have one topic Two topics. We have our topics for Nebula. So if you're listening on Nebula, that'll be coming right up. If you aren't yet, you can just head on over to curiositystream.com slash Apple Talk and sign up for Curiosity Stream because they have a heck of a deal going on right now. And when you do that, you also get a Nebula account for free. And you can find Apple Talk there with no ads and with our bonus segments. You can find my videos there with no ads, and a bunch of them have extras where I have like l- longer interviews with people, and then just a ton of originals and other really great content. So make sure you check that out. But for people who are leaving us now, Georgia, where can they find out more about you? Uh, you can send me an email. It's Georgia at Westmount Therapy. If you're dealing with anxiety, depression, or wanting to deal with sleep issues or boundaries and consequences, you can check out anxiety-videos.com. And on Twitter, I'm at Georgia underscore Dow. And I am at Renee Ritchie on everything. So uh, well, I deleted. I, tell, I didn't tell you I deleted the Instagram app. And uh, no, yeah, I deleted you TikTok did? a while ago. I deleted LinkedIn. I deleted Instagram. You, you deleted Instagram? I don't know if I'll keep it deleted because oh. uh, now we're going to be doing a bunch of stuff where we try to cut up the videos and maybe put them on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. So I might have to put it back. But I, I've been a week without Instagram. How's so that? Far. It's fine. I, I don't know what all the Marvel celebrities are doing because that's basically what I followed on Instagram. Um, but. Uh, I'll be talking about that more in the bonus topic anyway. But yeah, uh, youtube.com slash Renee Ritchie, twitter.com slash Renee Ritchie, both those places. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching or listening. You can watch, of course, anytime at youtube.com slash Apple Talk Show. We have our vanity URL now. Oh, nice. And, or you can just listen on your podcast client of choice. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please do leave a rating. We've got to overcome that one person left us one star. I know, please. I know. <laughs> It's like all five stars have that one person. <laughs> I know. Um, that one hurts. Yeah. That one hurts. Yeah, no, I, I just feel sorry for them. They're one star life. No, I'll be um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, But do leave a review. Do leave a rating. And Georgia might read it in a future yes, show. Yes, exactly. I will. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, over to Nebula.